good. Praise God. What a great opportunity to come here today and worship him. I'm going to invite you to go ahead and have a seat. I'm going to share some announcements this morning and explain what we're going to be doing in the service today. But first of all, it's so great to see all of you. Thank you for being here today. I imagine that some of you had to fight some spiritual battles just to get here this morning. So uh, thank you for doing that and for making this a priority and being here to worship with other believers in Christ. It is so great to be able to do that. Now, you probably noticed the last few weeks we have a new regular worship leader with us on stage. This is Alec Biggs. Alex is over here. Alec is over here on the guitar. And we are so excited to have him here. You know, for the last few years, really, we've been searching for worship leaders and worship pastors to bring on to our staff team. And it's hard to find ones that have the right talent and the right heart. And I am so glad to tell you that Alec has both. And so we've hired him to be part of our worship team here. And we are super happy to have him. Yes. Not only that, but at the same time as Alec applied to work here, his soon-to-be future wife, now is his wife, Rachel, also applied to work here for a different job. We didn't realize they had anything in connection until we started to interview them, and they both went to the top of the pool and were both clearly amazing choices for the two jobs we were looking for. And so if you see Alec and Rachel around, Rachel is our new outreach coordinator, and we have a big vision for outreach here at this church, a lot of things we are excited to do coming out of the pandemic for our community. We want you to be a part of that. We're going to talk more about that over the next few weeks. So please be here for that. We think Rachel is going to help us to implement a lot of those elements of vision. So we're glad to have her here. Glad to have Alec here. And our new groups pastor starts next week as well. We're super excited about all of these people coming here and making a difference here at First Free. Uh, Well, we have so many new people in the church right now and so many people that are returning for the first time after being gone for more than a year that it was brought to my attention last week. There are some things that people may have missed that they want to be a part of. And just part of being a part of a church family together often means going and doing things together and having great experiences together in the context of just the fellowship of the family of God. And we've got some of those things planned, but because we've had a year of like sitting in our homes and and watching from the couch, uh, we're not in that habit and that rhythm anymore. And so there may be some of you that either because you're new or or first time in a long time or something like that, you've missed some opportunities. Just want to make sure you're aware of some ways that you can connect with people here at the church. One of those is later this month, we're going to be taking a trip to the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. If you haven't heard of these, there's some really phenomenal experiences for Christians to experience an idea of what it might have been like to be on Noah's Ark. Um, and what creation could have looked like. And so it's a great opportunity to go spend time with other believers and be a part of that. If you want to go with us, just go to efree.org slash ark and let us know. It, it's fairly loose. It's not a super tightly organized thing, but a great experience, a great opportunity to connect with other people from this church and be a part of that. So I'd encourage you to to. Check it out if that's something that interests you. It's going to happen toward the end of this month. And by the way, kids are free all of 2021. So that's a huge savings for um, the children to be free. They did it last year. My wife and I went with our kids. We loved it. We thought it was really, really amazing. So would love to have you go with us as well. Uh, I should probably mention, if you're familiar with the Creation Museum, they take a particular position on the age of the earth. Our church does not take an official position on the age of the earth. So we're well aware of that. If you want to talk more about it, go on the trip and we'll talk about it there and we'll, we'll figure all that stuff out together. 
Another trip that we're taking soon, just in case you missed it, is we're going to Israel. There's a bunch of people from the church here that are going to Israel in November. We're really excited about this. It's shaping up to be an incredible opportunity to go before the massive crowds return in 2022. The tours are booked for 2022. It is unbelievable how many people are going back next year. So we're kind of getting in early because we had a trip planned last year that for obvious reasons was canceled. So if you'd like to go with us, efree.org slash Israel. And then there was one other thing that was brought up to me this last week. And that is, um, we have so many new people here and many of, of the new people have been asking, so how do I give? And that made us realize, you know, we, we, um, we haven't been talking a lot about giving here because during the pandemic, we stopped passing trays through the rows because we didn't want to you know, spread anything. So we've been mentioning it in our announcements and worship leaders mentioned at the end of services and we put it on slides and all that stuff. But the, the reality is that giving is a part of our act of worship to God. We're giving back to God a portion of what he's given to us. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. It's a part of our obedience. It's a part of our worship experience. So we're gonna, we're gonna bring that back in, maybe not with passing trays right away or anything like that, but we're probably gonna highlight it a little bit more because it is a part of our worship as followers of Jesus. And if you're new here and don't know how to give, the easiest way is at efree.org slash give. Um, so would love for you to set up a recurring gift there. That's the best thing um, because it means that if you don't forget one month, it doesn't end up hurting the church's operations at all. And it gives us that consistency to know that, okay, this is what's coming in month to month. But you can do a one-time gift there. We also have offering boxes if you'd rather give um, physically. And some people prefer to do that as an act of worship. They want the physical element of, I am putting this in there. I am giving up this check cash, whatever it is. And we have offering boxes out in the lobby on either end. So if you want to give that way, you can do that as well. So I wanted to make sure you were aware of all of that um, in case you're new here and haven't started uh, giving yet or didn't even know how to give. Uh, we do that here too as a part of our worship. Well, today is a very special day, as you are aware. And as I see, many of you have figured out with your clothing. Some of you are red, some of you are blue, some of you are a combination. That's all good. We're here uh, not only celebrating the independence of this country, but for us, we have a much bigger independence to celebrate, right? We have the independence from sin made possible by Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And so we celebrate that today. And what Jesus did for us on the cross is he made possible this connection that we have with God. He became the bridge between us and God so that we have this direct connection to God. You and I, we cannot pick up the phone and call the president of this country, but we can anytime we want dial up a spiritual connection to our heavenly father. And that is a really amazing thing. This connection that we have to God through prayer. And we don't wanna take it lightly. Prayer is a big deal to us around here. We pray all the time about a lot of different things, but today we have designated as prayer Sunday. That means this whole service is gonna be focused on prayer. And we'll have times of worship woven in there as well, worship music, which will also be acts of prayer to God at the same time. Now, here's how this is gonna work because it's gonna be a little bit different, a lot more participatory. There'll be times for you to do things here as well. So here's what we're gonna do. We're going to have three different blocks of prayer time. And those blocks of prayer time will have themes. One will be themed on confession. One will be themed on brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. One will be themed on our community and our country. And the reality is that some people are gonna leave here today thinking, well, we didn't pray about the thing I wanted to pray about, or we didn't pray as long as I wanted to pray, or maybe that was too long of a prayer time. There's gonna be all those sorts of things. Um, and my encouragement to you is you can absolutely keep this going. 
If there is something else you wanna pray about, something different, you, you can pray about something different during the service. You don't have to be bound by our prayer suggestions. Um, but if you, if you want to and, and feel led that way, please feel free to join us with all these uh, prayer prompts that we're gonna have and themes that we're gonna have for our prayer time. You can pray as individuals or you can pray as groups. In a little bit, if you wanna get up and walk around and form a group together, that's perfectly fine. Move around. Most of the service is going to be prayer, hearing from some of our elders and deacons and reading scripture, listening to scripture being read. And then just times of prayer together. And and there may not be time for everybody to pray if you're in a large group during every prayer focus. So it might just be one or two and the others are praying along in their hearts. Uh, be, Be flexible. Just allow the spirit to do his work and go with it. And, and I trust that God will be honored and we will be lifted up uh, as we do our best to focus on prayer today. Lean into this time, if you would. Um, even though it might seem a little bit awkward, this might stretch us in some ways, uh, but, but lean into this. Don't be afraid to, to just see where God takes us during this time. And as I said, don't let it end with what we're talking about here today. This is just a catalyst. This could be the shot in the arm to get us praying throughout the week and challenge us in our individual prayer lives. As we come into a time of uh, confession, it's important to remember our relationship to God and to come to him with a heart that is committed to try to restore that relationship. In every relationship that we have, our sinful thoughts, our actions, our words, our motivations degrades our shared connections, our commitment, and our trust with one another. Our relationship with God is the same way, and separation from him is similar. When we walk in the darkness of our own ways, we can start to see God as a rule maker, a judge, and as someone whose chief aim is to find fault with us. And... It it separates us and pulls us back away from him. We can completely miss the character of God that is a loving father and longs to be with us and to celebrate life with us. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And a child, as we know, can do something to make his parents angry or sad, but that doesn't mean he's not their child anymore. Yet he needs to confess what he has done and repair his relationship with his parents. The same is true for God's children. So as we, as we do this, as we come to God, be careful not to pretend in front of God. He knows all and cannot be fooled by the list of all the good things you have done or by the mental justifications you have told yourself as justifications for your actions. 1 John uh, 1, 8 and 9 actually reminds us of this, of this saying, if we, have no, if we say we have no sins, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to clean us from all unrighteousness. This means that our sins have been completely forgiven and removed from us, past, present, and future. The price paid on the cross has satisfied God's wrath against sin, and nothing further is required. This is really, really good news. But at the same time, it can feel a bit transactional. And so um, I I really love what David tells us in Psalm 32. He really describes this well for us. So in Psalm 32, it reads, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. 
My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment, for you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with strong songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like the senseless horse or mule that needs a bit or a bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad, all you who obey him. Shout for joy, all those whose hearts are pure. Can you see the joy that comes from drawing close to the Lord and coming clean with him? God is merciful to forgive us and restore us to a vibrant relationship to him. He is our loving father. So let's spend some time to go to him in transparency and confession right now. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. People who conceal their sin will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Blessed are those who fear to do wrong, but the stubborn are headed for serious trouble. Let's pray.
now cast our eyes to believers around the world. The reality is sombering. According to World Watch List 2021 Annual Report by Open Doors, a non-denominational mission, one in eight Christians live in 50 countries where persecution is extreme or very high, including seven of the 10 most populous countries in the world. Where we see oppression, we also see resilience and hope. Number of Christian believers in these very 50 countries actually went up from 260 million to 309 million, almost a 20% increase in the one most recent year. As, as our hearts go out to our fellow brothers and sisters facing persecution, remember Jesus' remi- reminder to his followers, since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you, John 15, 10. Let's also not forget the Lord's promise and assurance here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. Yes, we take heart that the Great Commission is flourishing around the world, not in spite of the persecution, but because of and through the persecution. Let's pray for ourselves as well as for the missionaries and our fellow believers around the world. That our faith in the gospel's power will be strengthened, our love from the Lord to our brothers and sisters will also be even extended to our persecutors, and that our hope in Christ is firmly rooted in God's word and his promise. I'll be reading Ephesians chapter 6, 18, 19 verses in one of the Indian languages called Telugu. Atholana Pratasamyamanandanu, Pratividamana Pratananu, Viknapananu Chaichu, Avishamai, Samasta Parshutatala, Parshutalan Mitmanu, Purnavana Patatalato, Viknapanu Chaichu, Malakuga Undri, Marionin, Denimitum Raibarne, Sankalalo Nano, Asuvartha Marmano, Dairimanga Telijaitaku, Nenu Matlada North Terchinapudu. My name is Marina, and I'm, I will be reading in Russian. Братолюбие между вами не прибывает, да прибывает. Странолюбие не забывайте, ибо через него некоторые, не зная, оказали гостеприимство ангелам. Помните узников, как бы и вы были с ними в узах, и страждущих, как и с ними находились в теле. Hello, uh, my name is Alec, and I'm going to read in Tatar, my native language. Ormitalme Dogadabulovas, Dogakulabham Shakarite Uyautaravas, Sulokwakata Masih Seraturunda, Ivani to Ishin, Allahi Ishik Ashup, Dib Bizding Ishinda Dogakulovas, mean Menashmak Rat and Tutan Tavit, Kashlaga Alleges Seraturunda, 
işinçe aşık hem anlayışlı itip kili sili alım için dua kılığız. Şit kişilerge bilen oralaşkanda her bir umaylı ışrakta faydalanıp tüplük akıl kursatıgız. Süzügez, her vakit yağımlı, mağıktırgışlı hem tüplü bulsun. Her kimge nçik cevap birge kereklegin bilgiz. Let's pray. it is a privilege to pray for believers in communities around the world, uh, countries facing persecution, uh, other places, Lord. I know, uh, Lord, when I went to Israel, Lord, and I was in uh, Jerusalem, Lord, how amazing it was to see uh, that the church is so diverse, Lord, people from all languages, all countries, all colors, Lord, coming together to reflect upon the grace and mercy that you've shown to them and to proclaim who you are, Lord. Often, Lord, we just think about ourselves, our circumstances, Lord, but you are alive and active and working around the world. And so we lift up, Lord, your, your church, your believers, those who need you, Lord, around the world, Lord. And we just conclude this, this time, this segment, by thanking you uh, that you are alive and active. And we pray these things in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Our next 
section is considered city and country. And I think that often when we think about this category, we think about politics. We think about our government. We think about our leaders. We think about the evil that we see in our country and just how it permeates society. And that, and those are become our, 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 our focus for prayer. And they're important. And we shouldn't minimize those things. But I was just really reflecting about how we uh, need to pray uh, for a broken, for a hurting and broken country, how a hurting and broken community. How is it that we as believers reflect Christ? And so what I'd like for us to do is just pause and meditate and pray over Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It says this, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all of the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We as believers are called to be salt and light to the community around us. This past year has been a very challenging time for churches across America, not just here, across the country. Last week, there was an opinion piece written in USA Today entitled, Christians, let's stop fighting each other and serve our neighbors instead. The author was a nationally known Christian leader who wrote, I can't help thinking that there is a correlation between Christians infighting and the fact that fewer people want to be associated with this. We don't have to look far to see the division within American Christianity. We're still divided over the 2020 election, over racial justice, and even wearing masks. And the writer believes that this division is causing people to abandon Christian churches in America. So let me ask, what is our testimony to St. Louis? What is our testimony to our neighborhood? What are we at First Free known for? Our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors are watching us intently. They're weary of the bitterness and hate that manifests itself in society. They're looking for something different. They want hope. They want authenticity. They want compassion. They want kindness. And that doesn't come from being nice. That only comes from the transforming power of Jesus Christ in the heart of this past year, I've been focused on three passages, and I would just encourage you to kind of think about these. Micah 6.8, what does God require us but to do justice and to love kindness or mercy and to walk humbly with him? John 17 talks about the importance of unity. It says that the world will know that God sent Jesus and that he loves us by our unity. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul writes, he says, I keep praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call 
He says, then the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be honored because of the way you live and you will be honored along with them. And this is all made possible by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, you have called us and commissioned us, your much-loved bride, your greatly-loved church, to live as salt of the earth. Lord, we're not called to be garlic or paprika or sugar. We are called to be salt, a salt that preserves, a salt that fends off decay, a salt that heals, a salt that soothes, a salt that brings flavor and enhances other flavors. Lord, the struggle I have that I'm wrestling with today is my own saltiness and that of my friends. How does a believer lose his saltiness? How do we turn a glowing lamp into a dimly lit candle? How do we go from preferring to be a city as a light, a light on a city on a hill to a life in an ingrown community? Come, Holy Spirit, come. Always be restoring and refreshing me and my friends in the joy of our salvation for this gospel. Lord, help us not to lose our saltiness. Lord, don't let our lamps run out of oil. Lord, don't let us disengage from our calling. Dear Jesus, refuel us, renew us, refocus us until you return to finish making all things new. So, Lord, I pray these things in your exalted and matchless name. Amen. Good morning. I'll be reading from Jeremiah. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat food. They produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you to, into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Pray for the city, for its prosperity determines your prosperity. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. I ask, ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for the incredible opportunity that we have to be a light in our community, in our city, in our country, Lord, to reach out to our neighbors with your light and to represent you on this earth. You've said that we are your ambassadors here, and we cannot take that lightly, Lord. Help us to, to represent you to our neighbors, to our friends, to the people that we come in contact with all the time. Help us to be that salt that Jeff talked about earlier, Lord. Help us not to lose that saltiness by becoming calloused or indifferent or just ignorant of the needs that are going on around us. We want to be your hands and feet, Jesus. We want to be used in a way that's going to make a difference for you. And I pray that today would be a a reminder, a strong reminder of the need for us to do just that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, If any of you did happen to move into a row that is blocked off, now would be a great time to move back to a normal row. I I don't see too many of those, but in a little bit, we're going to have communion together and our communion servers are going to walk through those rows. And so if any of you are sitting in them right now because you've moved around, you are going to get run over by a communion server, which would not be good. I wanna share just a few final thoughts about prayer with you because I don't want this to be the end of this prayer experience for us. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians that we are to pray continuously or pray without ceasing, some translations put it, to pray without ever stopping. Now, the way a lot of people look at that verse, they think, well, that must mean pray a lot, like pray a whole lot. And that, that's, that's true, we should pray a lot, but I think there's something more to it than that. I actually believe that the idea behind pray continuously or without ceasing is not just that we're supposed to pray a lot, but that we're literally supposed to be praying all the time. We're supposed to have a lifestyle and an attitude of prayer. We think of prayer as this time when we pause everything and we dial up our heavenly father by saying, dear heavenly father or Lord or whatever your sign on is to make that connection, to dial up. And then we ask our request and we say everything we want to say and we listen to God and and then we hang up the phone by saying, in Jesus' name, amen. And then it's like, click, the conversation's over and now I go about my life doing everything that I want to do kind of without God and hopefully that was good enough to carry me through the day. And I just don't believe that's the way God designed us to experience our relationship with him. I think when the Bible says we are to pray without ceasing, we're supposed to be praying without ceasing. We're supposed to have an attitude and a lifestyle of prayer that continues through everything that we are doing. You know, when we say amen, amen does not mean the conversation is over. All amen literally means is, I agree with what was just said, or so be it. What I I just said, all of that stuff, I still agree with that 30 seconds later. That's what amen means. When you say amen, when someone else prays, you're just saying, I agree with everything they prayed. What you are not doing is saying, and now the conversation with God is over, even though we often treat it that way. You can have great individual focused prayer times with God and great group focused prayer times with God like we've had today. And that is awesome. But what our heavenly father really wants with you is a constant connection. Prayer, this incredible bridge that Jesus opened up between us and God, where we don't have to go through a priest, we have direct connection to the creator of the universe, is not supposed to be this type of thing that's just done every now and then, but it's a constant conversation where we're inviting God into our everyday life, into the mundane, into the littlest things, the little annoyances, the little grievances, where we are literally walking with him through life, not just through the occasional prayer time but when we're having that tough conversation with someone that we really don't enjoy talking with and we're praying all the while and saying, Lord, give me grace. Give me patience. Give me the right words to say. 
when we're driving and we have nothing, nothing else kind of going through our minds, we're just kind of driving along. It's a great opportunity to be in prayer. And then someone cuts us off and we're tempted to do something to show our frustration. Instead, we could just pray. We could. When we're facing an especially tough day and we're just frustrated and annoyed and agitated and people keep doing things to push our buttons, we should pray. We can offer up a quick prayer to God if we, if we just have a, a, a moment to think and say, Lord, would you help me with this? Prayer is not just a focused time of prayer. It is a constant conversation where we're inviting God into our life and saying, I wanna go through this together with you. And you know what? I think he loves that. I think that our heavenly father, much more than we realize, enjoys us talking about the mundane. I know I do this a lot. I, I, I use my kids as illustrations and I'm just gonna keep doing it because it's, it's so good. It applies so well and, and they're young enough right now that they don't care. When my kids come up to me and tell me something, it's always the biggest news in the world. Daddy, 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 you're not gonna believe it. This is crazy. You have to come see this right now. I'm busy, I can't. No, dad, you have to see it right now. This is amazing. You've gotta come see this thing. Okay, fine, I'll stop all of this. I'll put all this down. I'll stop everything I'm doing. Okay, I'm coming over with you. Okay, what is it? Look at this stick I found. That's what kids do. And being human, there is a part of me that goes, ugh, awesome, that's wonderful. But also being a dad, especially the younger the kid is, you're like, wow, that's so amazing that they wanted me to experience what they just experienced. One of the most joyous things in the world to a child is finding a rock that looks like no other rock they've seen before. And they wanna let you in on that. And we can, in our flesh, respond to that by saying, why did you waste my time? Or we can, like our Heavenly Father, respond by saying, that's so awesome. You experienced something cool for the first time. And in our minds, we might be thinking, yeah, whatever, it's a rock. I've seen a million of these. But when we were a kid, we were just as fascinated by it. And so we, we humor them. And, and we actually, there's a part of us that goes, wow, that's so cute. That's so amazing. If we're, if we're really doing what we should do as parents, we're thinking, good for you. That's awesome. Thanks for showing that to me. Now, if we can muster that up, being the selfish humans that we are, how much better do you think the God of the universe is at this? With the mundane, with the things that we don't think we should bother him with. The things that are insignificant that we don't think to pray about, that we think, well, that's not big enough to bother. Other people are dealing with such big stuff. God doesn't want to hear from me, but the thing is, he does. He's infinite. His attention span never gets drained. It never gets filled up. And if you think anyone has a reason to not care, the God who created that rock is like, yeah, I made a million of those. But he does. He cares about even the littlest things. That's why Jesus talks about the birds that God cares about. And the fact that he knows the number of heads on your, or hairs on your head, which for some of us is an easy number to count than others. But whatever it is, God cares about that. And so let today just be the catalyst, the spark to recommit to a fresh prayer life. Not just the one where you set aside five minutes a day to pray, although that's great too or 30 minutes or an hour or whatever, that's all good, we should do that. But a constant conversation where we are living life in community with our God. Of course, the only reason any of this is even possible is because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. 
He became the bridge for us to God. When he came to this earth as a human, he lived a perfect, sinless life. He died willingly on the cross so that because of his sacrifice for us, we can be freed from sin if we will believe in him and what he did for us. And we are now gonna remember that by having communion together. And I'm gonna invite all of our communion servers to come up and and join me up here. And we are going to have communion together. Now, if this is your first time with us, we do things a little bit differently. As we pass the trays, or not pass the trays, as we carry the trays through the rows, you're gonna pick up a stack of cups. And the bottom cup is the bread, and the top cup is the juice. And so you're gonna take the bread first, and we'll walk you through that. And then we're gonna have the juice representing the blood of Jesus together. So you want both cups. In the middle of the trays are gluten-free wafers. So you're welcome to take one of those if you need that. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you've never trusted in him for salvation, I encourage you to just let the plate pass you by. But if you are, whether you're a regular part of this church or not, we welcome you to participate with us in remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. One last thing, usually during this time, I encourage you to spend some time in confession. Now, we already had a time of confession in the service today, so you may wanna do more of that personally and individually, or you may just wanna spend some time reflecting on the goodness of God on the sacrifice that he made for us. Think about how incredible it is that you get to talk to the God of the universe because of what we're remembering right now. That wall of hostility the Bible talks about that Jesus tore down for us so that we can have a direct connection with our heavenly father. It's amazing. We're gonna distribute the elements now. Take some time to pray. Praise God, thank him, confess whatever you feel led to do.
the Apostle Paul told the church in Corinth. He said, on the night when Jesus was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he broke it in pieces and gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, Paul says, he took the cup of wine after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me.